As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. I'm Nurse Mo. I'm really happy that you're here hanging out with me today. And this episode is really geared toward the student who's heading into nursing school or dreaming about nursing school. Because if you're like me, you have a ton of questions. You're not really sure what to expect beyond what you've seen people kind of talk about on social media. And it seems like a lot of times all they're doing is talking about how hard it is. I'm going to be sharing with you today a little rundown of the types of classes that you'll be taking as a nursing student. Now, before we dive into that, let's take a quick minute for a listener shout out. And this one goes out to Amy, who is talking about my course, Crucial Concepts Bootcamp, which is geared towards setting nursing students up for success. Here's what Amy says. This program provides the fundamental tools every nursing student should have. I cannot express how helpful this has been. Without this, I don't know where I'd be. Just the confidence in knowing what to expect and being familiar with terms in my lectures, the math, everything removed the learning blocks of anxiety allowing me to focus more and understand in classes without getting caught up in the jargon, down to even writing research papers, the best thing I could have done for myself. So thank you, Amy. I really appreciate you taking the time to submit that feedback and for being a boot camper and a fan of the podcast. So if you're curious about boot camp, I will put a link in the episode notes so that you can learn more. So I get this question a lot, students emailing me, students in my Facebook group, and just kind of seeing it out there and students saying, what is nursing school like? And a lot of times the answers are, it's busy and it takes over your life and, you know, stock up on Kleenex or whatever. I really wanted to dive into what the classes are actually like. Because if you're like me, when you know a little bit about what to expect, that really just kind of takes a load off the anxiety, and it ramps up your excitement, which is exactly where I want you to be excited and not so anxious. So one of the first classes that you will take, and I will have a caveat here that, of course, every school does things differently. A class might be called something else. It might be at a different point in your program, but this is a general overview. And one of the first classes you'll have will be a fundamentals class. Now, it might not be called fundamentals, but it's going to be the class where you basically learn how to do the cool nursey stuff. So it's a really fun class. You'll learn all those day-to-day nursing skills in what I can only describe as excruciating step-by-step detail. And it's actually good, though, because once you're in the hospital, your learning opportunities for how to do skills are going to be much less structured and 
going at a lightning fast pace. Like basically someone's going to show you how to do it once and then you're going to do it and expect to be able to run with it. So it's really nice to have this backbone in your fundamentals class where you can really slow down, take it step by step by step. So you'll start out learning basic things at the very beginning, like how to measure intake and output correctly, how to empty urinary catheter bags, make beds, give baths, and check blood sugar levels. All very basic things, but then you'll soon progress to placing nasogastric tubes, doing wound care and dressing changes, giving injections, and transfusing blood. So for me, again, fundamentals, super fun class, really interactive. You're in there, you're doing things. There's always something new to discover and play with. You're not sitting staring at a screen or listening to a lecture. You're hanging out with your classmates and you feel pretty nursey, which is really fun. And you get to practice in a low stakes environment, which really helps boost your confidence when you go into clinical and you're doing these things for real. Now, I will say that studying for fundamentals can be challenging. There is a ton of detail. It's pretty intense with a lot of step-by-step instructions and what supplies you need for each procedure and all these safety considerations. So it's a lot. And then there are skills checkoffs, which are kind of this whole other thing. And I'm not going to lie, they caused a few tears amongst my classmates. I never got to that point because I made it a point to stay really organized and on top of things in nursing school. But the students who were starting to feel the pressure and starting to fall behind, they would break down in fundamental skills checkoffs because it's just a lot of pressure. Hopefully that's not you because you're going to prepare for nursing school before you start, get all your ducks in a row. But let me tell you a couple things about these skills checkoffs. They can feel a bit overwhelming because, you know, as opposed to that practice time that you get in lab, which is low stakes, these skills checkoffs are actually high stakes exams. If you don't pass a skills checkoff, you don't progress in the program. But thankfully, most programs give two or possibly even three attempts for each skills checkoff. So even though you get multiple attempts, my advice is to prepare for each one as though it's your only opportunity. Because honestly, you want to pass, you want to move on. There's not a lot of time for remediation when next week you're going to have a whole bunch of new skills that you need to learn. So my philosophy with skills checkoffs is one and done. With that said, if you have an off day, it's not the end of the world. You do get to come back and do it again. Some tips for passing your skills checkoffs are to obviously stay really present, stay really focused in lab, get as much practice in the lab as you can. And then if your school offers open lab hours where you can go in and play with the equipment, then do that. If you can check equipment out and take it home and practice at home, do that. Even if you're just at home going through the motions and talking through the steps out loud, do that. So I remember my very first skills checkoff like it had just happened. I was completely in a tizzy about this. And it's something that I could today do with my eyes closed, standing on one foot with both hands tied behind my back. Like it's such a routine skill. But at the time I was brand new and everything seemed, you know, a little scary. So 
It wasn't so much the skill that had me shaking in my boots. It was that level of scrutiny that I wasn't used to and being evaluated so, so stringently, which is basically what all of nursing school is like. So I basically got a friend and had him meet me early in the morning before the skills check off. And we practiced. We just practiced with each other, talking through the steps, talking through the motions over and over again so that by the time I got into my checkoff later in that day, it felt like I'd already done it a few times and it was way less intimidating. So if the thought of being in a skills checkoff situation makes you feel a little nervous. You're not alone. I have a podcast episode where I talk about some tips on surviving your skills lab, surviving your checkoffs. So if you want to listen to that, it is episode 86. Okay, so that's your fundamental skills lab. Super fun class. And then you have a bunch of theory classes. Maybe not a bunch, but a few. It really depends, again, on your program. So theory classes are going to provide kind of the backbone of nursing, your sense of history, and the context in which you are practicing. But the truth is, theory class is kind of dull, not going to lie, unless you really like history. If you really like history, you'll probably find components of, you know, just your basic nursing theory class to be really interesting. I mean, you do get to learn about people like Clara Barton, who founded the Red Cross. She was totally cool. So there is that. You do get that sense of history. But there's also things like nursing theory, which honestly... Even today, I've gone to graduate school. I still am like, really? Do we need this? But, you know, there are people that think we do. And clearly, if your school is teaching it, they think you need to know it as well. What I will say about these types of theory classes is they're not that hard, okay? They're going to be more like your traditional college class that you may already be really used to. So with that said, as long as you keep up with the reading, attend a lecture, you're probably going to get a decent grade in this class without too much effort. So there are, you know, some different types of theory-based classes. Nursing leadership was one in addition to kind of like my theory of nursing, my nursing history class. I had nursing leadership. I had nursing research. Like these were kind of like those theory-based classes. The truth is when you're brand new, I mean, when you're a student at all, you're really probably going to be drawn to the shiny objects, right? Pathophysiology, pharmacology, skills lab, case studies, all those really fun things that feel more clinical, but theory class, it's part of it. So you can expect a bit of that. And then I had a class completely devoted to assessment. This could be combined with your skills lab. This could be combined with your med surge class, which we'll talk about in a moment, but you'll definitely be learning assessment. And we learned this in first semester. And this is basically where you learn how to assess every little thing. You'll start with the basics, temperature, pulse, counting respirations, taking a blood pressure, and work your way up to more complex assessments like differentiating lung sounds or differentiating heart sounds, where to listen for murmurs, conducting a full neuro assessment, and doing a complete head-to-toe assessment. You'll practice on your classmates, so if you're not friendly in the beginning, you probably will get to know each other pretty well throughout your program. I really liked assessment class and found it to be 
honestly pretty easy compared to my other nursing classes, especially, you know, when you look at something like fundamentals, which was a lot of detail, or med surge. We'll talk about that in a moment. But overall, assessment class, pretty straightforward. This is what you assess. This is what you expect to find. Here's how you do it. And this is what's abnormal. Not a lot of gray area, nothing, you know, vastly up to interpretation pretty straightforward class and probably the most important nursing skill you will learn. So just because it might not be that difficult of a class, it's definitely, I would say, one of the most important skills that you can learn. So pay very close attention and practice, practice, practice. Okay, so I've mentioned this a couple of times, your med surge class. Now, this may be called something different at different schools. I think at my school, the official title was nursing care of adults or intro to nursing care of adults or something like that. But basically, this is your med surge class, med surge, medical surgical. This is basically your general patient population. They're going to be in the hospital for medical reasons, or they're going to have a medical condition, or they're going to be having a surgical procedure done, or a lot of times a combination of both. So that's why it's called med surge. So typically, this is divided into two components, a basic and an advanced. So the basic is going to be first semester or close to it, and then advanced is going to be further on. So basic would be your non-complicated patient. You're likely going to be studying things that are pretty common, pneumonia, asthma, diabetes, um, gallbladder obstruction, like basic medical and surgical problems. And then in advanced med surge, these are things that you'd see, you know, in the emergency room, in a telemetry unit, in an ICU, more complex things like cardiac dysrhythmias, septic shock, diabetic ketoacidosis, multi-system disorders, so more complex things. This is essentially throughout these two classes where you're going to learn all the different disease conditions your patients will have. Now, some schools will have a separate pathophysiology course. You may have a pathophys class all on its own, while others weave patho throughout med surge. That's how my program did it. The patho was brought up along with each disease condition. But regardless of how your school does it, chances are med surge will be your biggest class and then a lot of times your most favorite class because you're really learning that nursing stuff, right? It's also probably the most difficult class. You'll be introduced to concepts for which, you know, as a brand new student, you have no frame of reference, and that's okay. You'll often feel you're learning everything from ground zero. I want you to know that feeling is okay. I mean, how else are you supposed to feel? You're brand new to this, right? So give yourself a break if you feel like everything's brand new. Now, before you get too overwhelmed and think you you don't know how to start, you don't know anything, I want you to remind yourself, you do actually have some useful background knowledge, even if you've never, ever stepped foot in a hospital. You took anatomy and physiology. That class is a huge backbone for your med surge class. So draw on what you know, and you'll find that you can apply those concepts to med surge and make your learning a lot easier. Not saying it will be easy. I'm saying it'll be more manageable. 
So med search class is a lot of lecture. I believe my lectures were three hours long, once a week, maybe four. And if you have a good instructor, they're going to weave in lots of patient stories and examples and photos and case studies so you can get a real feel for what patients look like or sound like or present like with different disease conditions and for the clinical decision-making that goes along with being at the bedside. Another cool thing about MedSearch class is that it will probably also include simulation lab days. This might be part of your clinical hours, but it's definitely part of your MedSearch learning. And these are really fun. In simulation lab, you're basically in a scenario with a patient and a few of your classmates, and you have to make decisions, perform the proper assessments, call physicians who are basically your instructors behind the glass, give medications, perform various nursing interventions. SimLab is super fun, and it can range from what's called low fidelity, where you're working with a very basic mannequin up to high fidelity with mannequins that talk, that have lung sounds, that breathe, that have a pulse, they talk, they've got their vital signs on the monitor. It's very, very cool and a lot of fun. And it can feel a little stressful because you feel like there's like an adrenaline rush with SimLab because it is so realistic. Go back and listen to that episode 86. I talk about SimLab in that as well. But really, this is your place to learn from your mistakes in a really safe environment. I've killed the mannequin more than once in SimLab, and that's okay. Do you think I remembered those mistakes and never did them at the bedside? Oh, yeah, I definitely remembered those mistakes. So just know that SimLab is there for you to practice being in the moment and making on-the-fly decisions. And you'll have a really great time. It's super fun. Okay, then we have MedSurge Clinical. So your MedSurge class also comes with a clinical component, which is where you basically take what you're learning in that lecture and applying it to real patients in a real hospital. Every program differs in, you know, how many days you'll be at clinical, how many hours you'll be at clinical. You may do one long day, you may do two shorter days, something in between. It really depends a lot on clinical site availability where you are. So in some programs, you'll show up for clinical the day of without doing any prep work ahead of time. You get report with the nurse. Then you might take some time to look up the information you need, like all the meds that you're going to be giving, any background you need to know about the patient, and then you hit the ground running. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. In other programs, first semester, maybe second semester also, 
Students will go to the hospital in advance, like the day before, and choose their patients or get assigned specific patients and gather data from the EMR, the electronic medical record. Then you go home and you write up a care plan in advance. And these would take hours to do. This is how my school did it. For first and second semester, we did care planning in advance, and then we started going to the hospital and just being in the moment. Some schools, especially, there were a lot of COVID stipulations and students were really limited in the hospital. They stopped having them come the day before and just started having them come the day of. And that seems to be like what a lot of schools are doing. So it could be either way. If you're not doing your care plan in advance, you'll definitely be doing something like it. If not an actual care plan, you'll be doing something like that after your clinical day. So the purpose of a care plan, you know, and it may be called something different at your school, but it's basically a care plan. It could be called a clinical judgment map or a concept map. But the point is through this homework assignment, basically, you're showing that you understand the patient's key problem, like what's their disease condition, and have identified what the patient is experiencing, what their problems are, basically. What are your priority assessments? What meds the patient's receiving? Why they're receiving them? What labs are abnormal? Why those labs are abnormal? And how you can address each problem the patient has. And of course, how you'll determine if what you did was effective or not. So basically, it's a summation of your nursing care. So regardless of how your school and your clinical sites structure your clinical experiences, this is your time to shine. This is where you put everything you've learned in lab and lecture and sim lab, and you get in there and you practice. So get in there and interact with your patients. Ask questions of your patients. Ask questions of the nurses that you're working with. And try to observe and do as much as you can. Get your hands on, your eyes on, your ears on as many patients as possible and practice those assessments. And when you see a patient having a problem, observe what other people assess about the problem and what they do to fix it. This is a great way to start growing your clinical knowledge and your ability to make those clinical decisions on your own. Now, at some point in your clinical day, Usually it's afterwards, but sometimes it might be a break in the middle of the day, or it might even be later in the week. It just depends on how your school is structured, but you'll have something called post-conference. So this is where you get together with your clinical cohort and your clinical instructor to discuss your day, share any problems you ran into or any aha moments that you had where the light bulbs went off and something really clicked for you. Many times they'll have a specific topic to teach that directly enhances your clinical practice. So that's kind of your overview of clinical. And then your second semester of med surge is that advanced med surge class that I mentioned earlier. So in this class, you'll go into more in-depth topics like I mentioned. So your clinical rotation is going to be in places like the ER, the ICU, etc. You'll be learning about things like ventilators, 
EKGs, hemodynamic monitoring, more complex conditions. You'll definitely be taking care of more patients if you're working on, let's say, like a telemetry floor or a med surge floor. Maybe you're juggling more patients than you did the first semester, and you really start to see how a typical shift flows together. It's super fun. Okay, then mental health nursing is another class, or you may hear it called psych nursing. So psychiatric nursing, totally fascinating. I was so interested in this topic, and I think the fact that I was so interested in it made it a little easier to deal with the fact that it was actually a pretty difficult class. You're going to learn so many amazing things about the human brain. You will meet some incredibly brave individuals. You will witness psychosis firsthand, very likely, and maybe start even psychoanalyzing yourself and all of your family members. But anyway, mental health consists of a class component as well as a clinical component. So the mental health class component is, of course, a lecture style class. But the clinical part, we had a wide variety of clinical placements in my program. It will be in some kind of facility that provides mental health services. I was really lucky. I got to go to an inpatient psychiatric hospital for my mental health clinical rotations. And I even got to go into the psychiatric intensive care unit. And I will not lie, I cried when I first got there. And my friend took me into uh, this little private room and she gave me a hug and she told me it was going to be okay and it was fine. But I was just nervous. I didn't know what to expect. And I honestly had visions of like bad scenes in the movies running through my head. It was nothing like that. It ended up being fascinating. It ended up being really just just so interesting. It was also a pretty sad place to be, not just the psychiatric ICU, but just the psychiatric inpatient facility. I mean, people were there that had tried to take their lives. People were there that were suffering from severe depression, severe debilitating mental illness, eating disorders, et cetera. So it was was really sad, um, but it was also really interesting. And when you could see someone progressing, that was incredibly, incredibly rewarding. So here is a tip for you, though. Even if you have zero interest, like you're like, I have no interest in going into psych nursing. That is not my jam. Guess what? You will use this knowledge every single day that you work as a nurse. I don't care if you work inpatient, ER, outpatient, anywhere. You will use psych nursing knowledge and skills and assessments and therapeutic communication, boundary setting, all of that every single day. Many, many patients who come to you in the hospital will have underlying mental health issues, and some will have full-on psychoses, but they have to get their medical care. They're coming to your hospital for their medical care. So you might be dealing with someone who has very, very severe schizophrenia, very, very severe borderline personality disorder. So you've got to use what you learned in psychiatric nursing or your mental health nursing class even if you're not working in a psychiatric facility. I use these skills all the time. Okay, how about maternal newborn? Students get really stressed about this class, and I don't understand why. Because they think they need to study for it in some whole new way. The question I see the most often about maternal newborn is, how do I study for this class? Okay, by the time you get to maternal newborn or OB nursing or whatever your school calls it, you've already taken med surge, 
this is just another med surge class. It's just a sub-specialty inside that, okay? So as long as you know how to study for med surge, you know how to study for maternal newborn, where you take a deep dive into all things related to pregnancy and birth. So I had no interest in going into maternal newborn nursing, but I did find the class to be super interesting because I love physiology, and the physiology around everything I was learning was absolutely fascinating. And I actually even enjoyed my clinical experiences. So just like your other med search classes, maternal newborn is going to have a lecture component and a clinical component. So for my clinical experiences, I spent a couple days in labor and delivery. I spent, and it was cool, I got to see a traditional birth and somebody going through labor and I realized I, I did not have what it takes to do that. I think I already knew that about myself, but I really, it really brought it home to me there. Kudos to, man, anybody that can do that, man, you're you're just a warrior. You're amazing. So going through that clinical, I got to see a traditional birth. I got to see a cesarean section birth. I spent some time in postpartum, which was really interesting. I spent, I think I spent a day or so in high-risk maternity and then in the newborn nursery. The newborn nursery was probably my favorite part. It was super fun. The little babies are so cute. They're just all swaddled up. They look like little peanuts. Um, we got to bathe the babies, swaddle them up, do their newborn assessments, and then the little little babies under the Billy Rubin lights with the tiny little eye shades. Oh my goodness, they're just adorable. So overall, I really enjoyed that clinical rotation, and I really enjoyed the class. I think another clinical experience I had was um, learning about fetal monitoring. So they sent us to the um, outpatient center where they do the non-stress tests. So the moms would come and sit for like half an hour, get the fetal monitoring done. So I got to learn a lot about that as well. Um, as far as studying for this class, I studied for it just like I did for med surge, and I was fine, and you will be too. Okay, pediatric nursing. So of course, this is where you're learning about taking care of children. Students will also get kind of kerfluxumed about how to study for pediatrics. Again, it's just another med surge class with a little extra component of layering in the developmental stages of children. But other than that, it's just another med surge class. By the time you get to peds, you already know how to do med surge. You're going to do fine in this class. I found this really, really interesting as far as the lectures went, just because I, at the time, I just I hadn't been around a lot of kids and I didn't really feel like I knew what I was doing around kids. I still have no interest in taking care of children as a nurse. They terrify me. And if you want to know why, I would like for you to go back and listen to an episode I did talking about pediatric respiratory distress. And that is episode 140. I think the title of it is When the Little Lungs Have Big Problems. And that's just one of the reasons why kids make me nervous. But um, so I didn't totally find that that pediatric clinical rotation was my jam, though the kids were absolutely adorable. They had they just have such a good attitude about being sick, whereas a lot of times adults don't want to do anything. They just want to lay in bed and you're like begging them to get out of bed. Kids, you can barely keep still, right? As long as they feel well enough to get up and play, they're getting up and playing. They're going to the playroom. They're really adorable. And it can be really rewarding to work with them and their parents. 
you do have to have a lot of patience, you know, working with kids. They're not going to follow instructions like an adult would. There are things that are just going to take longer and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with thinking on your feet, coming up with new ways to do things, things not always going 100% according to plan. I think I spent 20 minutes, maybe longer, trying to get the vital signs on a toddler when I probably should have just, you know, come up with a different plan for that. But I was new. I didn't know. But, you know, just things like that can be really challenging. But if you connect well with kids, you like being goofy and fun and silly at work and incorporating play into your practice, practice, if you have a good rapport with parents and have an excellent and creative problem-solving abilities, you may love pediatrics. So I spent my pediatric clinical rotations on a pediatric oncology unit, and then I spent a little bit of time in the PICU, the pediatric ICU, and the neonatal ICU, but those experiences were observation only. It was like, look, but don't touch kind of thing. That was fine by me. I mean, it was really stressful being in that environment, and I learned a lot from observation and talking to the nurses who were fabulous and really giving of their knowledge with me when I was in those clinical sites. So even though clinical wasn't my favorite, the class loved lecture, loved learning all the pathophysiology, especially around like congenital heart defects. I just found it so, so interesting. Again, students are going to panic. You might go into peds thinking, I don't know how to study for this class. Yes, you do. Again, it's just med surge with that added layer of the developmental stages of children. So you can do this. I also took a class in gerontology which did not have a clinical component because, of course, we're taking care of geriatric patients all the time in med surge clinicals. For the most part, that class, pretty easy A, not going to lie. And I learned a lot about how Medicare works. So there's that. Another class I took was community health. This was essentially a theory class with a clinical component. So I don't remember much about the theory part. I do remember quite a bit about the clinical component because it felt like it took up a lot of time. One of my clinical experiences for this class was to teach at this community resource center where parents who were working to get their children back into custody would come and take classes, go to counseling, etc. So my my nurse bestie and I taught classes at this center to these parents on things like childhood illness and childhood health promotion. And that took massive amounts of time. And let's see, the other clinical experiences I had in community that I really liked was actually going to a county agency that supported in-home caregivers and their patients. So I would go to the home of these individuals, do an assessment, determine what they needed, and then help them get what they needed. With one of my patients, he had a really difficult time. He was struggling with mental illness, struggling with, you know, all these other conditions and had a lot of distress around the medical system. And so one of the things that I helped him with was getting him to agree to go see his primary care physician. And I went to that appointment with him and we worked on getting him. I believe one of the things we were really advocating for was a new prosthesis because he had a prosthetic leg that didn't fit very well. So he didn't really use it very much. So he felt really confined to his home and that was contributing to his, you know, mental unwellness. And so I felt really proud of myself for helping to advocate for that for this gentleman. So I actually really enjoyed community health clinical. I thought 
if I didn't go into the ICU and acute care, that community health was definitely something that I would have loved exploring more. And it was a pretty easy clinical for us for as far as, you know, the time goes. We were farther along in our, I think it was like fourth semester. We were much farther along in our education. We had a lot more freedom. We basically would meet at the agency site in the morning, meet with our instructor, and then we would go out and see our patients. And we had all this extra time. So my friend and I would always have lunch, a very leisurely lunch at this great Thai restaurant. I just, I have really fond memories about that. So again, you know, it's going to differ how your school is structured versus if you're going to an LVN, LPN program, an ADN program, a bachelor's program, an accelerated bachelor's program. But that's the general overview of the types of classes and, and a bit about the types of clinicals that you'll have in nursing school. So if you're heading into school or you're thinking about it and you've been a bit nervous, I hope that helped you feel a little more like, yeah, I kind of can see myself doing that. I kind of think maybe I've got this. You know what? I certainly think you do. So if you have not yet followed the show so that you get the episodes automatically showing up in your library, what are you waiting for? Take a quick minute to do that, and then you'll never miss an episode. So I'll see you back here again very soon. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply.